0: and we are live on Leadership Redefined, uh, our second episode of the night, Rich, right? Welcome again. Um, we have uh, a, a special guest, uh, Dan Krinas, is that correct? That's correct. All right. Awesome. So uh, Dan, we, we talked about a few things and got to know each other um, offline, and I love that we just, uh, this is a testament to what we're, we're going to talk about in just a minute. There's a few things that uh, we would love to talk about uh, with you. We'll let you introduce yourself as well. Uh, I actually, I'm not sure if you reached out to me, Dan, or I reached out to you on LinkedIn. Uh, it doesn't matter. Here we are. We're connected, and that's how easy it is. If you have two willing folks to that are, that want to connect, uh, that's how how quickly it could happen. Uh, people who who think about things in the same way and and uh, are willing to explore opportunities. Uh, this is this is what you get. You get folks. Uh, Talking uh, live on uh, podcasts on uh, a number of social media, streaming to a number of social media sites. Rich, welcome. How are you? Good, good, good. Nice, nice to meet Dan. Uh, So, Dan, we'll let you introduce yourself, and then we'll talk about a little bit of uh, sort of how we connected through this whole idea of getting yourself out there as a leader, uh, which I know we're both very fond of. So Dan, introduce yourself and we'll get into the first sort of topic of the night.
1: Well, hi, guys. Uh, it's great to meet you. It's great to be on here. Um, you know, I, I think, Al, technically you reached out to me, but it really doesn't matter. I think what I'm realizing is that we we have a lot in common uh, <laughs> and, and, and all three of us, really, all the way down to like our, our haircut and our hairstyle. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I am Dr. Dan Krinas. I host the Leader of Learning podcast. Um, and my my day to day job, my real work is that i 'm an instructional coach for digital learning in the Norwalk Public school system in norwalk connecticut uh, i 've been in education now fifteen years uh, and i 've you know been a classroom teacher uh, dabbled in administration for a while but i 've definitely learned about myself that I really love the angle of leadership that comes with working with the adult learners uh, and, and pushing professional development and, and innovative instruction and so um, that's why for me being an instructional coach and, and working with technology and um, you know sort of next level type instruction is really what fires me up so I love doing that I, I love uh, you know getting to create content like uh, like I do with my podcast and talking to amazing educators and you know getting to come on to shows like this one here and talking to you guys too.
0: So then why is it I know I value it and Rich and I have done a lot of the podcast for, I guess, a number of years now on and off, Rich, right? Why is it, uh, what does it yeah. do for you, should I say? What does it do for you to get yourself out there as a leader, um, out on social media, out on podcasts? Uh, what's the value for you and why Why should a leader even consider doing something um, uh, but, like we're doing right now? What, what's 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 the point of it?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, to to more directly answer your question, I will say that I really do value um, people sharing their voices and sharing their unique perspectives when it comes to really anything in education. Um, Because I think that even just sharing your experiences uh, and your thoughts and opinions make you better. But I will also say that when you create content and certainly when you consume it, it's personalized professional development in a very unique form that's really customizable and again like personal to you as the consumer. And so, um, as a as a podcast listener or or someone who uh, is well connected on social media or YouTube, you know, watches YouTube a lot. I love picking up ideas from anyone who shares you know, similar thoughts and, and is like-minded and um, you know, is talking about a topic that I'm passionate about. So I just love getting content from other people. Um, as far as a content creator goes, I think it was my first full-time position that I held as an instructional coach where, to be honest, I think I, I struggled with imposter syndrome uh, from the get-go because it was the first time coming out of the classroom where I was only teaching one subject area that now I was being asked to work with teachers in all content areas. And I felt really inadequate and getting connected and then creating content and getting to talk to amazing educators across the country and across the world allowed me to pick up on so many different ideas that I was able to bring with me to my work, but also it allowed me to start to get the opportunities that I didn't even know I was looking for to be able to impact and affect change across education, not just in my own school or district, but really Outside, you know, whether it's across the state, across the country. Um, and, and that's been really, really awesome as well to have my podcast picked up by as many listeners as it does, uh, to get to speak and present elsewhere. I just really advocate for educators getting out there and, and uh, you know, sharing their voice and sharing their thoughts and ideas as often as they possibly can.
0: And I, and I loved everything that you said, Dan. And one thing in particular, what it's, it's done for me, I don't know if it's done the same for you, Rich, but you, you by doing this stuff, you evolve as a, as a person, as a professional, uh, not just from hearing and, and what people share with you, but how you sort of process that, the questions you ask, um, the, the learning that takes place by just getting yourself out there, that aspect of it too Just putting yourself out there is a big step in personal growth for myself, at least growing up a real shy kid. um, That's a big piece of it. But you do like in my mind, I evolve, I grow a lot just hearing from what others do, their perspectives, their outlook on things, uh, what is possible. uh, All of those things are are inspiring as I go through these things and as we do these things and, and get ourselves out there. Um, so love loved all of what you said. Rich, thoughts, comments, and then we'll get on to, we have a couple other things that we'd love to talk about with Dan as well.
2: Yeah, well, I wow, I, could, I could I could just monopolize this whole time with, with questions and, and and points, and I'll try to be brief, and I'll know you may have to you know, reel me in now and then. And I go back, and I'm going to go back again before anybody was born. These were these, these, these things with late-night talk radio. I'm talking about when I was a you know, young teenager, high school guy, I would lay awake nights listening to AM radio and listen to talk shows, political talk shows mostly in those days. And somebody named Long John Neville talked about, you know, flying saucers in your backyard kind of thing. Uh, and we just chat and talk and you can listen to people and you can, you can get, hear things you wouldn't ordinarily hear. And then I remember, I guess, I, I'm not sure what, when the iPod came out, I don't say 15 years ago. Somewhere around
1: mid, mid to late nineties, maybe
2: Somewhere somebody, somebody gave me my, one of my kids gave me one. And her husband said, said, you know, this, uh, you're going to put music on. I said, well, I'm going to music, but I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And he said, well, you know, there's podcasts. I said, Oh, wow. I didn't think, I don't think I knew that. So uh, I'm a Disney junkie too. Uh, I probably have a doctorate in Disney podcasts. I mean, I can tell you anything you want to know about which bathroom to use, In any corner of of any of Disney World, right as we speak, we're having listened to a zillion Disney podcasts. But then you think you think about the array of and the availability of podcasts in general, staggering. I don't know the latest number, but it's a staggering number that goes back to your point that you made a couple of minutes ago about uh, personalized professional development. Ain't that the truth? Now, in our case, in our, our three mutual cases, we're talking about ed leadership and and, and, and content and innovation. But, you know, it's almost, it's almost as if you went into an old-fashioned bookstore and just strolled through uh, a magazine where I can pick the magazine up about weightlifting, a magazine out about hot rods, about whatever, 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 because it's it's all there in, in podcasts. But in addition to that, come back to what you were offering, Dan, especially was, you know, the sense of creating a community among folks to... Um, I don't like the word share, but it's the first word I can think of. Share, exchange, adapt, uh, embed other people's ideas into uh, what you do. And it's 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 uh, astounding to me. It's, it's I don't think we've even tapped at all. Now, educational leadership, educational podcast, I'm sure Dan, you and maybe Al would know a lot more about how many ed podcasts there are out there, or ed leadership podcasts. Uh, but you're right, these are, It's it's a matter of, uh, that personalized professional development, and they've bit really nerdy with you and then I'll stop talking, is if you think about Senge, Peter Senge and systems disciplines in learning organizations, you know, one of the, one of the five pieces of that, one of the five disciplines is, is uh, personal mastery. And you know, where someone recognizes what they want to know more about, or need to know more about, and then they uh, pursue it with the help of the organization. And that's, you know, that's what podcasting can do in terms of creating content in the hands of someone like yourself and someone like Al who can uh, uh, moderate it. I'm not sure that's the right word, uh, to uh, facilitate it among people who want want to hear about it. And then piggyback that back out to uh, community groups where people can exchange and evolve and develop it that much more. It's, it, it, the, this, the power of it is staggering. And I'm, it's just a statement. I don't think I have a yeah. question,
1: Dan. I, I know for me, I, I've for, for some reason you mentioned before, um, you know, radio shows. I've always been drawn to audio. As a matter of fact, in college, I studied broadcast journalism. Um, education wasn't necessarily my first career, although I didn't have very I, I didn't have a very long career in it. I was a uh, a radio producer. Um, so for whatever reason, in college, I got really interested in it. And so when I w- was looking, like I said before, to kind of affect change across education outside of my own school, um, and I, I like writing, don't get me wrong, but as I was working on my uh, doctorate, of course, I was doing a lot of it already. And for me, podcasting made a lot more sense to create content than blogging did. Uh, and so instead of writing you know thousand word blog, uh, I'm doing a half an hour long ish podcast episode every week or every couple of weeks. and and that satisfies that that craving in me and and helps give back and and hopefully contribute to. Uh, you know that that content on educational leadership and and education and instructional change that I know I crave. I say this all the time, and I know it sounds funny, but I'm my number one fan when it comes to the content. And the reason I say that, and this is, gets back to what I was saying a few minutes ago too, is I bring on guests and I learn from people that I admire, and I really just want to learn their thoughts and opinions about things, just like you guys are doing with me right now. And and I just I, I hope to get something from them. And so I love doing it because I learned so much and I'm, I'm really hoping that something uh, comes across for my listeners as well. And I know it does, but um, for me, that that's I know it sounds selfish to say, but it, it's almost like secondary. I kind of want to learn from these great guests myself first
0: and it's it's energizing too i mean i mean uh it's it's late in the day here in on the east coast late in the day where i am in colorado out here as well but it is like speaking to others uh in this space i know energizes me as well as helps me grow and learn and and evolve as a person um so then i i want to get to some of the things that you did for your doctoral work your role now cuz you you said something offline about uh, feeling like everybody can be a leader, not just those in leadership positions in education and beyond, right um, So I'd love to, you to know, hit one of those two aspects as we as we as we continue with this. By the way, uh, it says I just googled it October 23rd, 2001, the first iPod. Um, so which is which just kind of if you look at like that from a broader perspective, 20 years this year in October which seems like a long time but really it's not that long when you think about how much we have evolved from the original iPod if you've those of you out here that have never seen one google it it's pretty archaic in nature to what it's evolved to now in just 20 years I was um, just I was just
1: having a similar conversation I have a 10-year-old son uh, like yesterday or the day before we were talking about how far technology has come and that really around the time he was born were were like smartphones were just being you know (laughs) like put out to the masses and and it's not it hasn't been that long and yeah to think about how much has changed um but uh, to answer your questions and uh hit the topics that you mentioned yeah so my my dissertation and original research was in the areas of actually I, I married essentially two uh, theories. One was transformational leadership theory and the other was growth mindset. Because I wanted to tap into what is it that transformational leaders do to inspire growth mindset and teachers? Because to be honest, and I, I would have, I would bet, I would really I would care to put money probably on the fact that everyone watching or listening to this right now or or later, uh, watching back and on a replay probably, if not themselves, knows of people throughout their experiences who have been really resistant to change efforts and, and new initiatives that come about in their schools and their districts. And there are lots of reasons why that's the case. Um, I, I've talked about and I've, I've uh, blogged about that resistance to change is real. There's been a lot of research done on it. Um, but what you do with it, right? So there are things that leaders have shown that they do to help break down that resistance and help move teachers through discomfort, get them out of their comfort zones and, and headed toward growth and, and change. Um, and I'm going to actually answer your other question too in this one and, and say that, my research and and really what I love to talk about in terms of leadership in general really spoke to the fact that, um, you know, I didn't just study or I, I should, I take that back. I did study um, principals and assistant principals mostly. However, I talked about how school leaders are, leaders in general and and not necessarily aligned to any one or two roles or titles in a school. As a matter of fact, I end every episode of my podcast saying no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning because I really believe in label-less leadership. Anybody can practice it. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that as an instructional coach who is not in a traditional administrative, quote unquote, leadership role at my school, I'm able to affect change and impact instruction, maybe even to a greater extent than the building administrators can. I don't know that they get the time, certainly not now during COVID when there's contact tracing involved and all sorts of administrative tasks that they need to uh, attend to and frankly be bogged down with that I don't have to be. And, um, you know, again, I love what I do and I love the ability to lead from a position that's not necessarily your typical leadership position.
0: Would you consider, and I do, so it's a loaded question, your podcast? I mean, you I love that you're sort of practicing what you preach. Is that a goal? Like, is that on your mind to be a leader through what you're doing with the podcast, to be a leader through coming on our show, other shows? Is that part of what drives you, that philosophy translated into your podcast?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and what I love to do with my podcast, too, in terms of the guests I bring on, is um, just bring on different people who, who have different uh, roles in education and, and different jobs and, and really different philosophies even sometimes. And, and just to, to get those, that variety of you know hitting, hitting education from all angles – I've had administrators on, I've had teachers on, I've had consultants and and people who work with ed tech companies. So to me, and what I'm, what I try to get across to the listeners, like you said, is that anybody can be a leader. And, um, and, and as long as people kind of break out of that mindset of you have to have, you have to be an administrator or you have to have a certain title to be a leader, um, it, it just doesn't work that way, you know. Some of the best leaders in a school are classroom teachers, or maybe they're not even certified teachers. They could be paraprofessionals, or uh, heck, custodians. Uh, you know, I've worked with a couple of custodians who are amazing relationship builders and and know how to talk to students and know what's going on in students' lives, both in school and out. I mean, that's a special ability that uh, I don't know that how many people realize that that that's leadership right there, you know, to impact a student in that kind of way. Um, that's, that's tremendous leadership. I don't know if that answered your question, but just oh, some extra, extra did. thoughts on leadership there.
0: <laughs> it def- definitely did. And, and we got, we got a little bit more too, Dan, which is always good. So uh, Rich thoughts. Yeah. We, have,
2: we, we talk about futuring, you know, and, and we talk about futuring a lot, uh, the three of us, and um, sometimes we equate transformation with new ways to realize, but that's in a, in effect what transformation is—a new way to realize, new ways to realize. So, in your view, in your role as instructional coach, what uh, what seem to be the ways you can get people to have, find new ways to realize?
1: That's an awesome question, and I want to just piggyback off of that quickly and say that not only does transformation mean like new ways of thinking? But I think sometimes there's a misconception of transformation and transformational leadership. Um, And I actually just did an interview with a guest named Chad Dumas the other day, who talked about the fact that charismatic leaders and charismatic leadership is not as effective or impactful as people might think. And, and I think that's some of the misconception there with transformational leadership. People think that someone's got to come in and like change the whole school or change the way everything is done. That's not necessarily the case. It's more about empowering people and tapping into individual strengths and weaknesses. So to be honest, to answer your question, I think a lot of what I do and and what good transformational leaders do is building relationships to the point where you can get to know the staff that you work with in terms of their strengths and weaknesses. I mentioned before really um, understanding valuing, addressing discomfort, because I th- I think the only way to really make good, meaningful change, lasting change, is to hopefully get people out of their comfort zones that have been sort of keeping them uh, stagnant, let's say, for a while. And um, I think sometimes leaders are afraid to to do that because they get some feedback that they might not want to hear. But really... Like honestly, asking people, you know, or or trying at least to come up with I don't know a list of reasons why people might be resistant, might feel uncomfortable about things. Addressing discomfort goes a long, long way. Um, someone in a, a Voxter group and a, and a leadership group that I'm a part of the other day asked a question about how leaders handle making really difficult decisions. And frankly, as leaders, no matter what your role is, uh, you're going to face a time when you have to make a difficult decision. Uh, Maybe it's about moving instruction forward, um, going to cause people to be uncomfortable. But I really think that the more anyone, uh, whether it's a a building leader or a district leader or even a classroom teacher, the more they can really talk about the why behind a, a decision and follow it up with. Here are the reasons why you might feel uncomfortable or better yet, let me know what you're feeling and why you're feeling uncomfortable. It's really, really going to help. I know I, I, I actually, I hope I was going to say, I apologize for making it sound so simple and maybe it's not, but I hope it is. I hope people start there and think that at least on a, a, just to a simple extent, I can really tap into why people are uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable about whatever they're being asked to do so that we can push past it and move forward and, and break down that resistance.
0: It's about, yeah, that's about relate, uh, establishing trust relationships, um, that comfort, uh, expressing discomfort comes from a level of comfort and trust, uh, and in your environment. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the true leader, right? The true leader is one that, uh, n- you know that if there's something that someone's feeling, Uh, they'll be comfortable enough to tell you about it without any judgment, without any, um, any kickback. Uh, It's just a conversation to see how we can get better as a team as a whole. And that's, that's, that's a huge aspect. Um, Listen, Dan, I would actually love to have you back on if you're willing. Um, I love this conversation. So many things we could have gone into an hour conversation just about, uh, including originally talking about getting ourselves out there and and getting our messages out there through podcasts like this and like yours. Uh, Rich, uh, final thoughts from you. Uh, and then Dan, we'll give you the last, last say, of course. Uh, but really, we really appreciate having you on. And I'd love to have you on again, like I mentioned. Rich, any uh, closing thoughts from you? I just uh, wanted to say that I, I appreciate Dan's
2: insights. It sounds like his research was uh, really solid and, and uh, will, will and has already uh, gone a long way towards helping to transform or to give uh, teachers uh, new ways to realize. And you know, change is such a flimsy thing, it's such a house of cards. And the more folks like us talk to each other, recognize all the uh the kinds of cards you need to stack up to in order for that that structure to hold itself in place hold itself in place not be held in place by us um uh, is is value it's it's uh doing taking taking a hit for the team so uh good luck to you we hope to continue
0: our conversations thank you again thank you uh, so much dan let let you have the last word um and uh again thanks so much
1: Thank you, guys. I want to leave with this. I'll I'll make it short and sweet, if possible. Um, To remember some of the things, uh, some of the themes that came out of my research and kind of touting this idea of of helping people lead through change, um, I have an acronym called SCOPE. Uh, S is for setting clear expectations. C is for comfort, right? Addressing discomfort and making people feel comfortable. O is providing opportunities for people to grow uh, and to learn more. Um, P is for a sense of purpose. People need to know what they as individuals can contribute to kind of the collective, the greater good, uh, the whole organization. And finally, the E is actually kind of E squared. It's really two things. One is empowerment. And the other is enthusiasm, because really, frankly, a lot of times uh, it's not going to get done unless you have some enthusiasm, some passion for what you're doing. These are some of the ideas that will show up in the book that I've been contracted to, to write that stems from my research. I have no idea when it's going to be out or what it's called yet or anything, but I'm working on it. And uh, you know, when it does, I'll definitely let you guys know.
0: Yeah, I had a feeling something was in the works with what you, you're pretty refined in your thought process. And uh, we actually have a, a couple of projects coming up too. I'd uh, love to talk to you more. We have something called the collective mindset that we have uh, talking about the synergy of leadership, uh, actually based on the, the premise of growth mindset. So that's coming soon. Love to have more conversations about that as well. Rich has a couple books and one out. I got, a book
2: in two, right. I got a book in
0: two more days. I have a book out in two more days. Look it up in auto. So thank you, Dan. Uh, We will be talking soon for sure. Um, uh, Be well. Thanks. Thanks,
1: guys.